Favorite soda, go. Favorite soda. Do you drink soda? Not anymore. Me either. Once in a great while. I, I, I drink La Croix. Oh, of course. Our, Which our, you pronounce LaCroix. No, I don't pronounce it LaCroix. La Croix. Many, many millennials do. I've switched from La Croix to Bubbly. It's Pepsi's version. I, right. Is it any better? Is it any different? Is it, it cheaper? I, it could be all of the above. I don't know. I just like the cans. The cans have these cute little sayings on them. They're fun to read. Okay. Like it says. Yeah, I, I, I can't drink something where they they misspell it. Buble. It's no, it's B U B L I, bubbly. Bubbly. And I only like the lime flavor. It kind of it's like Sprite, but without all the sugar in it. Okay. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Hello, Michael. This well, is Father Herb. I know. I'm sitting with you. Oh, that's right. We're in case people don't realize this. We are across the room from each other. How far would you say? Ten feet? Twelve feet? We are very socially distanced. We are socially distanced. But it is good uh, to be with everybody today because we are going to share some wonderful insights into the the Gospel of Mark, Chapter 1. That's a deep promise. Where we're going to share our insights. You are setting us up for failure. All right. uh, It's good to be with everybody. Here we are. In ordinary time, it was nice. You mentioned last week that you appreciated that we changed the mass setting. We're singing at mass just to get something different. The, and for those who are recently following us, they might not have known the music at all. But we were going <laughs> back to a mass setting we've had before. Yeah, the, uh, that one is called the Mass of Love and Mercy. I didn't know that. From yeah. where? Uh, it's per. Uh, published by a new Catholic publishing company called Worship Now. Okay. And um, we started that mass setting in 2019, somewhere that around. That sounds about right. Uh, it, it, to me, it really sounded good to come back to it. I, I liked the other one, but this was very good. Well, you know, in, at, with as many times as we listen, play, or sing them, it's good to change it up. Yes, so especially for you and me, because we are the ones who hear it more than once a weekend. And really, it's only about what we care about. So, <laughs> <laughs> Michael, that's not true. But I do tell people many times that uh, you and I are on different pages when it comes to music, because it takes me a while to get used to a melody. Sure. And by the time I, I come around and say, oh, I like that, you're already sick and tired of it. I'm over it. Yeah. I, well, but that's just my personality. I get tired of things easily. I, and I'm finding um, that the pandemic has forced me just to rest in the same old, same old. And that's fine. It's good for me to be stretched in that way. So no problems there. Okay. I mean, I've stuck with you for a long time. Same old, same old. <laughs> Is it the emphasis on the word same or old? Getting same older and same older. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see. This is uh, the third Sunday of Ordinary Time already? Correct. Did you notice I was wearing green last Sunday? And what was your comment? Because the poinsettias are still in church? Oh, yeah. I said that on the podcast last week. The green vestments with the red poinsettias. It's still Christmas, really. (laughs) Did I look like a tree? Uh, You kind of look like the Grinch. The Grinch. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The, The poinsettias are looking very good. We had a wedding last Saturday, and the bride had said... Is it, any, is it possible, we know Christmas season is over, is it possible there will still be poinsettias in the church because it would add so much color? And so we babied the poinsettias. Actually, they're very healthy. They'll be around this week, and who knows how much longer. You, you have been tenderly taking care of them. Very tenderly they, taking You know your poinsettias. I, I talked to them at night. I went in there last night, and I put them to bed, and I said, now get a good night's sleep. 
<laughs> get some rest. No, they are they are looking Actually, quite good. A lot of people don't have the privilege of doing this, but last night I had an evening appointment, and after they left, I locked the building. Nobody else in the building. I but I walked into church. I think the only only lights on were the ones that are in the tower. Yeah, because they are the nightlight, and just having that peaceful time in church alone with the Lord is just a, a beautiful moment. It is. I, yeah. It's been a long time since I've gotten to do that because we haven't had evening rehearsals in months and months and months. But sometimes after rehearsal, I would stick around just yeah. for five minutes. Yeah, it doesn't take much, just some time. Yeah. Okay, uh, we're going to read the gospel. We're s- still in chapter one of Mark's gospel. We started Mark, and then I said, we're going to be reading Mark for weeks. And then last week we jumped to John, and everybody said, we no longer trust you, Father Herb, because you told us Mark. Well, we're back to Mark. And this is the Mark version of what we heard in John. John was where Andrew left John the Baptist and followed Jesus and spent the day with him and mm-hmm. then followed, found his brother Peter and said, I have found the Messiah. Okay, in, in Mark's gospel, it's a little bit different version of how Andrew and Peter, James and John came to follow Jesus. Uh, I'm going to read the very first part, Michael. Okay. And then you're going to read the the part along the seashore. Okay. Chapter 1, verses 14 to 20. After John had been arrested, Jesus came to Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God, saying, This is the time of fulfillment. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. As he passed by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting their nets into the sea. They were fishermen. Jesus said to them, Come after me, and I will make you fishers of men. Then they abandoned their nets and followed him. He walked along a little farther and saw James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They too were in a boat, mending their nets. Then he called them. So they left their father Zebedee in the boat, along with the hired men, and followed him. And Zebedee said, where are you going? (laughs) You know, if you're going to follow Zebedee's line, I have to tell you about the, the video series called The Chosen. Yeah. Which is a wonderful series. Uh, And they have it when Jesus called James and John. They were with Zebedee. Yeah. And they kind of looked up at their dad and he kind of nodded approval like, oh, cool. Go, go do it. You need to do this. Yeah. yeah, I love that. It was just a real quick little nod, but it was enough to give a message. And maybe a testament of faith to Zebedee. Yes. But let's, let's talk about that. Walking along the seashore, they're mending their nets. I saw this once. I was in Jamaica. Uh, I had taken a group of high school kids. This was from St. Peter's in Mansfield when I was there. Mm-hmm. And of course, there were other adults. And we were with the group that's called... Um, uh, food for the poor and they had given us a, a week-long project of working with the poor in uh, Jamaica and this was the, on the south side of the island mm. when people go to Jamaica for vacation they stay on the north side so this was the other side where there's virtually no tourists go anymore okay but one afternoon we took the high school kids out to the shore this was the the ocean the Caribbean 
and beautiful blue waters. It was beautiful blue waters, and the high school kids had fun. They somebody was there with a boat to take them out, and they found a little cove that they went swimming in and stuff like that. Fun. But what struck me was there were fishermen on the shore, mm-hmm. and they were mending their nets, and. I just stood there. I tried not to be real obvious that I was watching them, but I was standing there watching them. And their fingers were so fast because these nets, um, it's like a bunch of threads, but they're they are stronger than threads, but pieces of um, string, but stronger than string, but, you know, yeah. tied together. Mm-hmm. And every knot had to be reinforced, probably after every usage. Wow. And then the other thing that they had to do is they have to dry the nets. You have to dry the net in the sun. Now, fortunately, there was plenty of sun because if you don't dry it, it basically uh, will deteriorate and tear, fall apart. Sure. So they have to dry it before they can reuse it. You know, that's a great reminder of the preparation necessary and then the aftercare. The aftercare. And you can almost see that okay, we've done this a thousand times, we'll do it. They were very quick, they were very good, but it can't be the whole joy of their job. You know, the joy is fishing, catching fish, and maybe selling the fish. And instead, well, let's take care of the nets. And so if Jesus comes along and says, okay, guys, I'll give you a choice. You can come follow me, or you can keep mending the nets. Jesus every time. Jesus every time. (laughs) I saw a great video, speaking of fish, online of it was a whale i'm fascinated by whales i think they are i've never seen one in person i that's, you've never seen a whale no well we, i mean at sea world when i was a kid but that doesn't count um but it was it the whale w- was just it came up to the surface and it had its mouth open and fish were just swimming into its mouth because they didn't know it was a whale and it would it would just was frozen there for a very long period of time just letting fish swim and then it would just close its jaws and then consume everything that's sort of like the guy who's sitting there in the summer sitting out in the lawn chair and he falls asleep with his mouth open and the (laughs) the fly comes in a fly is a little smaller than a fish but (laughs) it was incredible i some someday have you seen whales i I don't want to get on a whale of course i have i've been whale watching several times but probably (laughs) i've got a whale at my house yeah right in the bathtub Uh, probably the best image I had was uh, oh, a number of years ago when I was in Alaska. Yeah, uh, We went out on the bay and there was a very large whale. And I'm not sure if I can, if I know anymore what kind it was, mm-hmm. but there was a boat not far from it. And the whale came out of the water and it just dwarfed the size of the boat. Wow. Now the people in the boat, our boat was farther away, but we could watch it. Mm-hmm. But the boat that was really close, I was actually worried for their welfare because if the, this whale could have capsized them quite easily. Oh, I bet. That's really cool. I got to stop working for you so much and get out more. I know. <laughs> well, okay. So uh, the reason I broke the gospel into two parts the way we did is I wanted, the, this is sequential. Jesus says, Okay, here I am. This is the time of fulfillment. And then he goes on and calls his disciples. Mm -hmm. It's not like they skipped verses in between. So Mark's gospel is very very limited on fluff. He just goes from one point to the next point to the next point. Straight to the point. Straight to the point. But these three lines, this is considered like Jesus' original 
adult lines that are recorded. First line, this is the time of fulfillment. So we want to think about that, the sense of time. And what does fulfillment mean? The second one, the kingdom of God is at hand. Wow, what does that really mean? And then the third one, repent and believe in the gospel. Now, that line should be familiar to everybody, repent and believe in the gospel, because that is also the very line that's used on Ash Wednesday. Coming up. Coming up, and Ash Wednesday is when? Uh, February 17th, I believe. Very good, February 17th. So it's right around the corner, three, three and a half weeks. But this year is Ash Wednesday in the midst of a pandemic. Okay, you, you have allowed me to say what I want to say. <laughs> I, I am this teeing is, it up for we, you. We want to get the word out because it's going to be done differently. This came from the Vatican, and then the local bishop and the worship office has already published the way we're supposed to do Ash Wednesday during pandemic. You might remember last year, we were already into about the second or third week of Lent mm-hmm. when we had the, the shutdown and you know shelter in place. So we didn't have any problem for Ash Wednesday. But the way it's been described is this. We will have Ash Wednesday masses. It's not a holy day. It's It never it's, has been. Never has been, but it's it's optional even to receive the ashes. People love to wear the sign. And in America and in many parts of the world, we put a cross on people's forehead. But that's not what's done everywhere. And so we're going to take the other option. So after the homily, we will bless the ashes. We will be telling people um, that when you come up, we are not going to say any words. We will say the words in general for everybody in church. Mm-hmm. And there's two phrases. Either I say, remember, you are dust, and into dust you shall return. Or this one, which we just read from Gospel of Mark, repent and believe in the gospel. Mm-hmm. And then as they come up, I take the little dish of, with I have my mask on, people have their mask on. Yes. They come close enough that I can take a few ashes and sprinkle it over their head onto their head and then they move on i don't say anything they just (laughs) it's so matter of fact you get i i'm thinking of many things when i do this the the person with the beautiful white hair (laughs) suddenly there's some black speckles on it i don't have to worry about that you don't have to worry about that but i think even anybody who uh you know you might feel gritty afterwards well that's when you go wash your hair uh, somebody in the Bible study this morning said, what if I have a, uh, a stocking cap on? And I said, well, you may choose to wash the, the stocking cap afterwards, or you take it off and wash your hair afterwards. Not a lot of people wear stocking caps to church, though. But maybe some people do. I think uh, I have to be very cautious because there might be some people I want to dump a whole bun of, a bunch of ashes on. <laughs> Uh, you're not be, you're I, not allowed to come up near the piano. <laughs> <laughs> Just put a, a little bit here or a little bit there. Guilty. Yeah, it'll be, you know, in, in some ways, it's just one more unusual way to do something during this. Well, it's a symbol of repentance and actually probably more accurate than putting the cross on our forehead. Sure. Um, it is done that w- uh, that way with the ashes on your, for- on your head, poured on your head. Mm-hmm. This is done in many parts of the world already. But it also connects with the first reading for this Sunday. Speaking of whales, see how, yeah. how's that for a segue? Boy, is that a good segue. That? <laughs> the first reading is from Jonah, but it's not the part about the it's whale. Not, no, no. But it is the part where Jonah goes to Nineveh and tells the people to repent. And it says, 
they put on sackcloth and ashes. Um, they proclaimed the fast, and all of them, great and small, put on sackcloth. It doesn't say ashes. So maybe that would be our other option. We could tell people, I'll put ashes on your head, or you can wear sackcloth. What is sackcloth? Think of burlap. That doesn't sound very comfortable. Especially if it's red against the skin. It's got to be terribly itchy. Yeah, I'm itching just thinking about it. All right. Okay, so Jesus tells the people to repent. The kingdom of God is at hand. This is the time of fulfillment. And then he calls Peter and Andrew, yeah. James and John. Now, what's the bridge between those two? I'm asking you in front of you and me and those three people that listen. The Oh, we're up to three now. That's very it good. It used to be two. Somebody emailed me this week, and he said, I'm number three. Perfect. Um, the bridge between the, the beginning and then the— And the, the calling. Can you tell I'm stalling? I'm just going to rephrase your question a couple times while I come up with an answer. Well, it you could answer it very readily and say, oh, there is no bridge. It's just Mark just put these things back to back to back. But that's probably wrong. Well, I think it's the— it, kind of alluding back to what we discussed the previous couple of weeks that we are we are setting the tone for Jesus's public ministry, right? And so in some ways that first paragraph that you read is the thesis statement, right? This Your teachers would be proud of you. Thank you. You, you had a thesis statement. But well, the thesis statement is the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent. That well, the repent is how you get there, but yes, repent, the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is what Jesus was all about. Mm -hmm. And we've he, discussed that many times he, on this podcast. He preached podcast. it, he healed, that's a part of it. He died on the cross as the, the, the realization of it. Mm -hmm. The kingdom of God is at hand. So then, as we, as we go into the next scene, it's the beginning of that fulfillment. He said, this is the time of fulfillment, and now he begins the, I mean, he is the fulfillment, but we're seeing it play out as he's starting to uh, find the apostles and begin his public ministry. He's building his team. Do you remember when we, you and I, because we worked on it together, yeah. we're in the very, very early stages of the campus expansion before the church was built, before the, before the offices were built, before the parking lot was changed and the entranceway yeah. was moved. I mean, we did a whole lot. Yeah. Even before we were raising money, we were told you have to build a good team. Yeah. And the team included the right uh, architects. And within the architects, they had to have their team, mm -hmm. the right contractor and the teams within the contractors. Sure. The right fundraisers the right parish team of leaders to help us make decisions. Sure. The team, they kept saying, you have to have a good team. And it turned out they were totally on target. I think even earlier than that, the beginning of the parish, you know, it was not only the team of the initial employees, but all of the early parishioners that bought into the mission and vision of what Blessed John the 23rd. Okay, that you've brought us full circle. Good for you. Thank you. So, so you not only have to be part of the team, but you have to buy into the mission. And if Jesus says the mission is the kingdom of God is at hand, when he calls this, these disciples, he's saying, you're going to be part of my mission. I'll make you fishers of men. You know what we're singing this weekend? 
Are we do, singing Pescador de Hombre? No. Oh. Oh, <laughs> oh please. Oh, wow. I got your hopes up. No, I wasn't planning to. Oh, I'm going to boycott. We are <laughs> We're singing I Send You Out on a Mission of Love, though. I Send You Out. We don't have baptisms how, how at Mass the, anymore. Remember the other song, Fishers? Uh, oh. It's called, yeah, yeah. What's that, it called? It's Fish. called Fish With Me. Fish With Me. Every time we hear this gospel, I think of that song. It, that song had its day. Now, I will say, Lord, when you came to the seashore, we just did we that recently. We chose Pescador de Hombre, Lord, when you came to the... We just read, uh, sang that recently at, at a, funeral. a funeral. It was... Be, it was I, I have it down for my funeral. Can't you wait? I, well, I don't want... I mean, I love the song, but I don't want to sing at your funeral anytime yeah, soon. Yeah, I want to be there myself because I've got some good music chosen. <laughs> um, you know, every time I hear that song... I think of our mission trip to Guatemala and, and hearing the people in that church with with their instrumentation. It was very simple, an acoustic guitar, some simple... And maybe a marimba. Um, there was a marimba and some simple hand percussion, uh, but it was beautiful. I mean, nothing will ever it, compare. It is a Central American song. Yeah. I first heard it in El Salvador, and in Spanish, it's much more powerful than the English translations. Sure. You wanna, there's, there's two different English translations, by the way. And Yeah. You um, want to sing it this weekend? I really would love to. All right, let's do it. We're going to change it right now. Can you do it? Uh, we can do anything you want. You're the pastor. I'm the music director. We don't have that much power. I don't, I'll ask somebody's permission. <laughs> okay, Lord. <laughs> Let it be so. Amen. No, we should, we should do it this weekend. We really should. All right, I'll, it'll happen. Lord, when you came to the seashore. It's going to be great. In Espanol. I need a... Uh, por, por favor. I'll work. I've done it in Spanish once. Yeah. Uh, English is probably my better language, though. Okay. So how are we doing, my friend? So we've got we've got the music picked for this Sunday. We have really, I mean, at this point, we could take the rest of the week off. <laughs> <laughs> All right, friends. Thanks so much for joining us uh, on this 23 podcast. I guess you'll have to tune into Mass this weekend to see if we really changed the music or not. Okay, I, I will be looking for everybody out there. and wave, wave to me if you're watching the Mass from home. <laughs> All right, guys. Take care. Bye.